Aren't you glad God's faithful? Amen. Amen. Psalm 107 this morning. Psalm 107 in verse number 1. You know, sometimes the Lord the Lord tells you what to preach, and then sometimes the Lord won't tell you what to preach, I guess, until you get closer to that time. And uh, this week I've provided, put together and thought of a few messages that I intended to preach this uh, this morning, and preached one of them last night at a youth rally, and was on my way home, and uh, God kind of changed my mind about what I was going to preach this morning a handful of times. I don't really know what was what he was doing there. I think he was just messing with me. I think he does that sometimes, but I didn't really know what I was going to preach to you, and I, I got to to look in Psalm 107, and uh, there's just a lot there. Obviously, I can't preach all of it to you uh, in one sitting, but there's some things that I would like to share uh, with you from Psalm 107 uh, in a plea that the Lord has given to us through the psalm uh, as, he, as, he, as He wrote this, as He sang this, as we read it today, there is a plea from the inspiration of God that we would give thanks unto God and that we would praise Him and that we would just give Him that which He was worthy of and that which He is worthy of. In verse number 1, the psalmist said this, So give thanks unto the Lord for He is good for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And we're going to go further than that, but just by way of introduction this morning, I could say that if the redeemed never got anything else in their life, the redeemed would have reason to give God thanks today. The redeemed would have reason to let it be known and to say so that the Lord is good and that his mercy endureth forever. If there's anybody today that ought to be able to just take time out of their life and ought to be able to just give God glory and give God thanks and praise the wonderful name of God with the effort, with the resources, and with the ability they have, it should be those who have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I think back when I was held by the hand of the enemy. And I think back to that day when the enemy had his grip on my life and the enemy had his grip on my soul. And when I was just a half a heartbeat away from dying and going to a devil's hell, that God put it on the heart of some preacher to stand up and preach about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit met in that place. And I was drawn and I was convicted and I was shown my sin. And that day outside of that church camp building, I got down and I asked Jesus Christ, to forgive me of my sins and to come into my heart and be my Savior. And do you know when I asked Him to be my Savior, I didn't get put on a waiting list to get saved one day, but I got saved that day. And I was redeemed from the hand of the enemy. He was planning on taking me to hell, but Jesus saved me and delivered me and rescued me and made a payment for my sin that I could never make of my own. And now today I stand before you and I can say with all that I have all the confidence that I could have and all the passion that I could have that I am redeemed and that I am redeemed forever because of what Jesus did for us and the psalmist is saying here if there's anybody that ought to give thanks unto the Lord it is 
the redeemed. You and I have reason today to give Him praise and to give Him thanks. We have reason today to have joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. We have reason today to have joy that can't be stolen by this world. We have reason today to have joy that can't even be fully expressed with the words that we could come up with because it is joy not from earth, but it is joy from heaven. And it has filled our soul and it is there forever. And there's nothing that this world can do to take that joy away from us. And so we ought to, as the redeemed, let it be known that God is good and that God's mercy endures forever and that we belong to Him. We need that in our world today. There is going to be a plea in this psalm that we read for the child of God just to give praise to the Lord. I read a story this week. It's a rather funny story, but I'll share it with you and I'll get to the point that I want to make from it. But I read the story this week, or heard it rather, of a couple that was getting ready for church and there they were. Uh, the man was ready all in about five minutes. You know, that's about how long it takes to look this good, alright? And so he got ready. He was ready for the church and she was ready to go and she was trying on outfits. One, two, three, four. Didn't like this one. Didn't like that one. And she was standing before the mirror there and she came out and she was sad and the husband said, like a dumb husband said, what's wrong? And uh, she began to tell him what's wrong. And she said, well, I don't like the way that I look in this. And she said, when I, when I look at myself, she said, I'm gaining weight. She said, my skin's getting kind of wrinkly. She said, I got bags under my eyes. She said, my, my hair's turning gray. And just naming all of these things. And he didn't say anything. And she said, well, aren't you going to say something? And he said, well, on the positive side, your eyes are still working. And uh, after that, you know, his eyes weren't working too well. Some of y'all are going to get that in a minute, all right? Uh, but there they were. He said, well, your eyes, you're not having problems with your eyes. I would submit to you this morning that we have an eye problem, all right? I would submit to you this morning that the reason the children of God don't praise God like they should is because we don't see things the way that we should see things. We see things from a distorted view. We see things with a perspective that has been altered by our selfishness and by our sin nature and by our desire to get what we want and have what we want and we look around in our life and we like to say well it ain't fair that I got this going on and I can't praise God because I got all these things going on in my life and if my life was better I'd praise God I'd say this morning we got an eye problem alright we're not seeing things well because if we'd see things in the perspective of heaven and we would see things from the perspective of eternity and we would see things from the perspective of what we deserve then you and I as a child of God this morning we couldn't help but give God thanks because we would see that we're redeemed and we don't deserve it. We've been saved and we don't deserve it. And we've got blessings that are just pouring out and we don't deserve them. But we like to sit back and we like to complain and we like to gripe and we like to have a pity party when we ought to have a praise party and we ought to give thanks unto the Lord because God's been good to us and God's blessed us and God's taken care of us and God has never been anything to you and I but faithful in every day and in every moment and in every area of life. I think the biggest problem that we have today when it comes to the child of God and it comes to the attitude of the child of God is we're so caught up on what we don't have and we're so caught up on what has happened to us and what other people have done to us that we fail to see what God's done for us and we fail to see what God's given us and we 
like to say, well, preacher, look at what's going on in my life. And look at what happened to me. Hey, look back 2,000 years ago. And look at what happened on Calvary. And look at what Jesus did. And look up in glory today. And see Him seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And I believe if you're a child of God, you'll find way in your heart to give thanks unto the Lord because you will see that He is worthy of all that we have. Here the psalmist, he begins in verse number 3, and he says, He gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south, and they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way, and they found no city to dwell in. They were hungry and thirsty, and their soul fainted in them. And then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And He delivered them out of their distresses. And He led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. And in verse number 8 He said, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. In verse number 15 He said, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And in verse number 21, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And in verse number 31, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. I remember when I was a kid, if my parents said something one time, it was important. If they said it two times, it was real important. And if they said it three times, there wasn't anything else that was more important than what they said. And here's what God is saying to us through the inspiration to these men that were writing this, that there is a plea and that there is a desire and that there is a longing in heaven that the men that have been redeemed, that the children of God that have been redeemed, that they would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. If God wants anything from you and I today, if God deserves anything from you and I today, God deserves for you and I to quit thinking about what we're thinking about and to quit worrying about what we're worried about and to quit being caught up on what we're caught up about and just find a way to give thanks unto the Lord for He is good and His mercy endureth forever and He's been marvelous and He's done amazing things in our life and we ought to find it in ourselves to be able to give thanks and praise unto Him for all that He has done. That is the plea that this psalmist has made is that men would praise the Lord but we're so busy praising everybody else. We're so busy praising ourselves. We're so busy caught up on what we don't have. We're so busy worried about what everybody else does have. And we get this view and we get this perspective and we begin to look at ourselves as poor pitiful me when we ought to look and say I'm saved and I'm redeemed and I have reason to give praise unto the Lord. Maybe you would argue that this morning. Let me just share with you a few things and I'll be done from this Scripture, reasons that we have, reasons that they had to give praise to the Lord. Look at what it says in verse number 4, that they were in this wilderness, that they found no city to dwell in, that they were hungry, thirsty, their soul fainted in them, they were discouraged, they were troubled, 
But look at what it says in verse number 6, that He delivered them out of their distresses. Here they were in a condition, they were in a situation that they didn't know how they were going to get out of. And they're out there wandering with no direction. They're out there in the desert and they don't have anywhere to lay their head. And they don't know where they're going to eat. And they don't know where they're going to drink. And they don't know how things are going to work out in their life. But then God came through for them. And God delivered them from that place. Can you imagine the stress that they were under when they didn't know how they were going to feed their children and they didn't know where water was going to come from oftentimes when we consider the children of Israel and they're griping and they're complaining and we think I don't know how the children of Israel would go from mountaintop down here to valley like that let you put yourself in a situation where you didn't know where the water was going to come from and you put yourself in a situation when you got three kids back at your tent and you don't have any food to feed them and you don't know what you're going to give them and you're worrying about that and you're worrying about what's going to happen when the enemy comes because we ain't got much of an army and we'd be surrounded and we don't have very many resources. And there they were. They were distressed because of everything that was going on. But you know what God did? God delivered them out of that place of distress. And God brought them from that place of distress. And if you're a child of God this morning, you ought to be able to testify today that God has delivered you from a place of distress in your life before as well. When you didn't know how things were going going to work out that God showed up and God showed out and God made a way when you didn't think there was a way and God handled the weight of the world that was on your shoulders and God solved the problem that was in your life. Maybe you're here today and you say, well preacher, I'm under distress now and my life is full of stress and I'm worried and I don't know how things are going to work out. Look at what it says at the beginning of verse number 6. Then they cried unto the Lord. Then they cried unto the Lord. Could I say that business picked up when they started praying to God. They were distressed and they didn't know how things were going to work out. But then finally in some way they began to look up to heaven and they began to pray that God would meet their need. And can I say that God met their need in a way that they never thought would happen. But God delivered them from that place of distress. And there has never been a place of distress in your life or in my life that God wasn't capable of delivering us from those moments. I think back to when Melody and I had just gotten married not long after we were married. We lived in a little brown house over there on 176 by Enterprise Baptist Church. And I worked with the youth at Mount Bethel Missionary Baptist Church. And I went to seminary and they paid me $125 a week to work with the youth there at that church. And I mowed yards and did different things on the other days when I wasn't at seminary. And I paid, I did all the the bills and kept up with that and Melody would ask how much money we would have and I would tell her that we would rich so she wouldn't worry about it and we didn't have any money really never did I hear people say today they say well we're not going to do that because I don't really have much money and when they say they don't have much money they mean they got this much but they don't really want to spend it when I said I didn't have any money I mean I really had no money all right and I didn't know how things were going to work out that was before I was rich like I am today all right and so I didn't know how things were going to work out and how things were going to go and I remember it was the late November beginning of December and I remember being stressed and I remember not knowing how things were going to work out and what was going to happen and I walked across the road to the mailbox that we had and there in that mailbox the mail lady had just came and placed a little envelope in there from First Baptist Church in Wales, Texas that had a $100 bill in it and I thought man everything is good you know who did that? God did that and God took care of that need and God met it and there might have been another need the next month but hey I was going to praise God because He took care of that need 
that day. We get worried about whether or not we're ever going to have another need. I can assure you this morning, I don't know much, but there will come another time of distress in your life. But you ought to give God thanks this morning because He's brought you out of the times of distress in the past. All right, They may come again, but praise God, He never left you then and He's not going to leave you in the future either. He made a way when we didn't know what way was going to happen. We didn't know how it was going to work out. He has always come through for us. And if there is a child of God here this morning, you ought to be able to say, praise the Lord because He delivered me from the place of distress that I was in. But not only did He deliver them from the place of distress, if you read in verse number 10, it said, such as it sit in darkness and in the shadow of death being bound in affliction and in iron because they rebelled against the words of God and they condemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore He brought down their heart with labor. They fell down. There was none to help. And then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and He saved them out of their distress. And notice this, He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and He broke their bands in sunder. They were in a place of distress, but they also found themselves in a place of darkness. And this place of darkness that they found themselves in was because of their own sinful decisions that they had made. And they chose to rebel against the words of God they chose to not follow the counsel of God and they ended up in a place of darkness where they felt like they were all alone and they ended up in a place where they didn't think anybody cared about them and they didn't know how things were going to work out and it was just darkness all in their life because they had rebelled and they had not followed after God and they found themselves under the, the suffering and the consequences of their decisions and of the sin in their life and they thought it's all over with but you know what happened when they were in that darkness the Bible says then they cried unto the Lord aren't you glad that it doesn't matter whether we're under distress or whether we're in darkness but we can cry unto the Lord and the Lord hears us in those moments I mean life can be caving in on the child of God and the child of God can begin to pray and the God of heaven can reach down and he can bring us out of that place of darkness even though we got ourselves in there I'm sure glad this morning that even when I get myself in a mess that God's still gracious enough to get me out of that mess and I'm thankful that when I mess up and I do what I shouldn't do and darkness comes over me and darkness is in my family and it's in my life that there has never been a place that was ever too dark for the light of Jesus Christ to be able to come in and dispel the darkness that existed there he delivered them from that darkness it says here that they were in the shadow of death it says in verse number 10 that they had the affliction and that they were bound in iron. Can I say this morning, here's what sin is going to do to your life and here's what sin is going to do to my life. It is going to put us in bondage. It is going to wrap us up. It is going to hold us down. It is going to make us miserable. It is going to ruin everything that God is trying to do in that moment. But when we get to that place, when we realize I don't like this place and I don't like this affliction and I don't like this darkness, that we can cry out to God and God can get us out of it. We mentioned in Sunday school that prodigal son. You remember he went and spent all that money that his father gave him and he wasted it on harlots 
riotous living, getting drunk, living in the flesh, indulging in everything that the world had to offer. He ended up in a pig pen and it says of him there that there was nobody that wanted to help him. There was nobody that cared about what he was going through. You talk about a dark place for a Jewish man to be is in a pig pen out there with an animal that was considered to be cursed. But there in that place he realized something. He said, my father's house, there are servants and they've got more than what I got. I'm a son and they're a servant and they're taken care of. And when that son got out of that pig pen and he said, I'm going to go back to my father and he started on his way and he began to run back. Can I say that the father wasn't sitting in there playing games with the older son, but the father was out at the driveway waiting for him to return. And when he got back, he didn't tell him that he had to do all of this to get right, but he brought out a fatted calf and he brought out a robe and he brought out sandals and he brought out rings and he did all of that because the son that was in darkness was now in light. Hey, aren't you glad that when you were living in darkness that God didn't leave you there, but God delivered you from that place of darkness that you got yourself in. And if you've been there, you ought to be able to say today, praise the Lord because He's delivered me from darkness. He's delivered me from distress. He's delivered me from darkness. And then notice if you go down to verse number 20, it talks about they were crying unto the Lord again in their trouble. He saved them out of their distress. And it says in verse number 20, He sent His Word and He healed them and He delivered them from their destructions. Here they are in a place of distress. They've gone through darkness and now they're in a place of destruction which this word just simply meant a pit. You ever found yourself in a pit before? You ever felt like in life, man, I'm just down in this pit and I can't get out of it at all. I can't I can't find a way to escape all of this, whether it be loneliness, whether it be anxiety, whether it be regrets, whether it be jealousy. I mean, the list could go on and on of pits that we fall in, of things that are trying to destroy us. But it says here of the Lord that He delivered them from their destructions. And He delivered them from the pit that they were in. Turn back with me in your Bible to Psalm number 40. Psalm number 40. We read a little bit about another pit that a man found himself in. David was writing in Psalm number 40. And in verse number 1, he said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me, and He heard my cry. And I like verse number 2. He brought me up also, notice this, out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and He set my feet upon a rock, and He established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, and here it is, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. David found found himself in a horrible pit, but God brought him out of that pit. And when God brought him out, God put his feet on the solid rock and he established his goings. And David had a song in his heart. And David said, here's the result. When God brought me out of that pit, I didn't run back to what put me in that pit, but I began to give praise unto God because God has delivered me from the destructions. I'm sure this morning there are some of you, you've had a place in your life where it seems 
seem like it all fell apart and things didn't go the way that you wanted them to go and things happened that were maybe out of your control. Maybe they didn't happen the way that you wanted. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that can take a life that has been broken into shambles and God can begin to piece that life back together? A life that we would say has been destroyed can be remended by the goodness and the grace of Almighty God. And the psalmist here is saying, hey, they were in distress and they were delivered. They were in darkness and they were delivered. They were in destruction and they were delivered. Oh, that men would give praise unto the Lord for He is good and His works are marvelous. If there's anybody that ought to be able to just give praise to God today, it's the child of God that has been delivered from the things that this world will bring on them. And here's the key. You say, well, preach how do I get delivered? Look at what it says in verse number 6 again. Then they cried unto the Lord. And then in verse number 13, then they cried unto the Lord. And in verse number 19, then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. You say, I want to get delivered. Well, you ain't going to get delivered until you begin to cry unto the Lord and begin to you find a place when you say the only one that can do anything for me is the one that's in heaven. The only one that can get me out of where I got myself is the one who's on the throne in glory. And we begin to cry unto Him. Notice what David said back in Psalm 40. I waited patiently. It doesn't mean that God's going to answer it today. It doesn't mean that God's going to bring you out of the pit tonight. But I know this, God hears every prayer that you've ever made and God knows every need that you've ever had and God knows how He's going to get you out of the place that you're in. Just keep crying unto the Lord and one day He's going to deliver you and when He does you ought to find a place and you ought to say, God, I just want to praise You and I just want to thank You because if You would have never showed up, I'd still be under that distress and I'd still be in that darkness and I'd still be in that pit. But in Your mercy and in Your goodness, You brought me out of it, God. And with what voice I have and what abilities I have, I'm just going to praise You with all that You've given to me because You have delivered me. Here, the psalmist is pleading with the audience that they would just praise the Lord. You say, well, I still don't know if that's enough reason for me to praise the Lord. Go down to verse number 26. Verse number 25. It says, For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven. They don't go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of the trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits' end. You ever been at your wits' end before? You ever been out in the stormy deep sea of life and the storms were going on and you had reached a place where you were at your wits' end and you didn't know how to get out and you didn't know what to do and you didn't know what decision to make? And some of you, I've seen you walk before you staggering like a drunken man and you don't know how in the world I'm going to get myself out of this place. Here's what they did in verse number 28. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and He brings them out of their distress. Here He is again showing up and showing out and delivering them from what they're going through. There are some of you here this morning, you're probably at your wit's end. I want you to know sometimes
sometimes the greatest place that you and I will ever come to is at our wit's end. Sometimes the greatest place that we'll ever reach is when we get to the place where we realize I can't do it anymore. I don't have the answers anymore. I can't fix the problems anymore. And we just cry out to God and we give over our problems and we give over our distresses and we give over everything that we have to the King and just let Him handle it. And here's what He does. He delivers us because we're His. I would tell you tonight that if my children got to a place in their life where they didn't know what to do and they didn't know what was going on and they might have brought it on themselves, I'd like to think that they could call me and I would drop everything that I have and I would do everything I could to deliver them out of the situation that they're in. And if I would do that and you would do that, I would say that the Heavenly Father is a much greater Father than I'll ever be and if I care about my children I know full well he cares about his children and he wants to deliver you this morning out of whatever it is that's going on in your life and if he has delivered you then we ought to just praise God because God's been good to us and just say Lord thank you for all that you've done for me notice the last thing and I'll be done in verse number 30 I like this then are they glad well, then they're glad you say, how you get people glad? How you get people to not be so mad today? How you get people to not be so sad today? The only way they're ever going to get glad is when they see what God's done for them. And they realize that God's brought us out. And it said there in verse number 30, So He bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Today we can praise God because He's delivered us from the distresses that we've been under. He has delivered us from the darkness that we have been in. He has delivered us from the pits and the destruction that has gone on in our life. He has delivered us from the deep sea and storms of life. But I want you to know one day He's going to deliver us not from things, but He's going to deliver us to somewhere. And He's going to deliver us to the desired haven, the desired city that we have longed for for so long. And everything that has gone on in this life and everything that we have experienced in this life is going to be no more. I like to get over there in the book of Revelation and read about the no mores of heaven, don't you? When there's going to be no more sorrow and there's going to be no more sickness and there's going to be no more death and there's going to be no more sin and there's going to be no more shame and there's going to be no more problems because we're going to be delivered from this world unto the desired city that is in our heart. I don't know when that day's coming, but today I'm going to praise the Lord because I know that day is coming. I I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know where I'm going to be when it happens. But when it does, and it's all said and done, I'm going to be in that sweet haven of rest with the Lord and I'll be there for glory. And I'll be there forever. And I'll be there for the rest of my existence and there will never be an end. And I'll never, in all of eternity, will I ever have to deal with the things that I've dealt with again. And for all of eternity, you know what I'll do and you'll do? We'll give praise unto the Lord, for He is good. And His mercy endureth forever. And we'll consider all of His marvelous works that He's done. And throughout all of eternity, the children of God would fulfill and accomplish the greatest desire that God has 
to be worshipped and praised by His children. Hey, if we're going to do that in glory, we ought to do it today as well. And we ought to do it tomorrow as well. Because the Lord is good. And He's worthy of all that we have. I want to ask you to stand with me as we have a verse of invitation. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for the day. Lord, all Your blessings that You've given to us. God, You've been so good to us. You've taken care of us. You've provided for us. God, we could give You praise until the end of this day and start over tomorrow doing it all over again, God. You've just met every need that we've ever had. You've been faithful in every way. Lord, when we found ourselves down and discouraged, You somehow brought us up in Your time. And we just give You glory for that. Lord, tonight or today, there's probably somebody in this place that's lost and they've never been redeemed and Satan has a grip on them and they're still in the hand of the enemy and they're headed to hell this morning. Lord, I pray that You would convict them like they've never been convicted, Lord that they'd be drawn like they've never been drawn, Father, and that today they would make the decision to call on Your Son, Jesus, and be saved. Lord, help those of us that are saved to give You the praise and the honor and the worship, Lord, that You're worthy of. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. As we